Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things. To the 40, 35, into the 30, cut back 25, into the 15, 10, 5, touchdown! This is the best bad idea we have, sir. We are the Driveway Athletes. I am Jack, joined today by Mr. Vacation, Mr. Honeymoon, (laughs) Mr. Newly Married, Mr. Newlywed, I guess I would say. Yes. Ed, you had a nice week off. Did you get to recharge? I did, man. Um, It was a good week off. I went down to Florida. Like you just said, I, I got married. It was a week ago this past Sunday. So um, everything that goes into that, and it, it was a fantastic time. Um, I really enjoyed the, the time off, too. So, um, yeah, it was great. Not that anybody... Maybe our listeners don't care to hear or whatever, but I, like I would consider it as about a perfect day as it could be. Um, <laughs> sends a run to the store to get a tie because it wasn't in a tuxedo bag. I can't. So yeah, that's hilarious. Um, we, what was it? Maybe like forty minutes before we had to be at the venue and we realized you did not have the tie in your bag and we went to target and the photographer followed you in with you in a tuxedo running through a target looking for a black tie. Uh, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. It's a great story. (laughs) It's a great story. So I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to when we get the pictures. I know, you know, like um, it's going to be, uh, that's going to be a fun look. And it, what's funny is like, not just in like a tuxedo, like I'm not going to sit here and say like, I'm the biggest person around, but like, um, I think it's hard to miss me. Um, so like, <laughs> you've sure. got this like fairly large person, like running through target, like scrambling for ties. I just, it was just the whole scene was hilarious, you know, like, um, but done, you know, Hey, w- when we need to, we get shit done. Right. Like, yeah, man, like you got to think quick on your feet. You know what I mean? Like get, you got to get stuffed on and that's it. Think quick, so. I think that's why we're, we get put in charge of some things, <laughs> you know, I, I, the other funny story I had, I, I just told this to Alana because like we were looking at some pictures and me and you were taking pictures and you're already what are you six two? I'm about six one, yeah, but like All right, six one. So I'm five nine. So you're a couple inches bigger, and I'm standing. We're standing in grass, but I'm standing downhill from you. So I'm already. You look like a, a, a freaking giant. Over, I'm like, yo, we got to switch spots. <laughs> I got to do that. Now. <laughs> well, we um. So like, what's what's also funny is is like two of our other really close friends are more my height, you know, like, um, they're like, uh, my check is a little taller than I am. Pino's just slightly shorter than I am. Um, so like, I'm just used to like, there was a time where I was like kind of only around them. And then there was a time where like every one of my friends, like was way short, like even shorter, you know, you're five, nine, you're above average height. It's like even shorter than that. It's more like in the five, six spot. And then, like, my wife and her family are very – Jules is, like, of average height, but her mom and her sister are very short. So, like, right. I tell her, like, when I take pictures with her family, I look like the mountain, you know, from Game of Thrones. Like, I just look yeah. like this huge, like, like obnoxiously large person. And I'm like, I'm just not that big, but the perspective looks insane. Well, I remember, like, years ago when we were playing, like, roller hockey and Ava – my daughter would came to the game and afterwards she's like, Jack's a giant. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's pretty tall and on skates. 
I mean. <laughs> yeah, it adds another like three and four inches. Right. Um, so yeah, it, especially roller skates, it's even higher than, than ice skates. Um, so like when I played goalie, the goalie skates are shorter. So I didn't look like I looked a lot wider, um, right. but definitely not as, as freakishly, you know, not like looking like, um, you know, Chara um, <laughs> out there. When you're playing like Northeast Philadelphia roller hockey, you know, six foot is very large. Yeah. Um, but speaking of which, um, before we get into, you know, we always talk local sports. We have things going on here. Um, the Flyers rounded out their preseason uh, schedule uh, in a game. They played the New York Islanders last night in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, they mostly had, it wasn't on television. Um, no matter where you lived, uh, you could watch it on like Twitter. I think anyway, why was it in Connecticut? I don't know, man. Like that, I look at that New York Islanders arena and I'm, you know, why aren't all the games in Connecticut? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, were they just giving like fans like, uh, like, was it one of those things? I, like... I really, I don't have an answer. I, I don't really know. Um, I'm, I, I, maybe, maybe the Islanders are like, do like football and do their camp. Like not in their home gotcha. area. Yeah. Um. So the Flyers trim today was uh, the start where clubs were trimming down to their like um their pro roster, their their big their uh, big time roster, whatever you want to call it. Um, surprising move for the Flyers was Morgan Frost goes back to Lehigh. Um. Mm. And then uh. German Rupsov got waived. So, like, everybody talks about how great of a drafter Ron Hextall was, but I can tell you, like, his first rounds don't have a um, stellar record right now. So, no, his first rounds don't look like they have um, a great look. Uh, Nolan Patrick got shipped away in the offseason. Frost is going back to Lehigh. I don't want to hold it against Frost because um, the COVID year you know in 2020 kind of screwed up his entire season he was around for the bubble but didn't get actually get to play and then he was mm-hmm. injured last year you know i don't want to hold too much against him but then with rubtsov getting waived that's not a fantastic track record for the first round i so, mean Konechny and sanheim are great picks yeah but that number. So you mentioned Patrick, and uh, there was like a report that came out in the late. I know you're going to talk about this, or you may have talked about it in another podcast, but um, this report coming out about um, the coach, like giving players like Ambien, like there was this like this sure. like report out against him that another what a goalie on. On Vegas, no, sure. uh, Robin yeah. Robin Lehner. Um, so yeah. since that those that series of tweets have come out, he has backtracked some. So he has said, "I did not mean to insinuate or or whatever word he used there that Elaine Vigneault had given out drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, that th- those his two points had gotten conflated. That there are a lot of teams that um, give out Ambien and other sleeping medications." Um, like their candy, but it is not coming from Vigneault. He just thinks that Vigneault, based on how he treats his players, is a dinosaur that should be run out of the league. Right. Um, um, uh, when I went back and read, read the posts, um, I mean, it's not. I'm not the only one. You're not the only one who felt like he basically accused Vigneault of giving out drugs to his players. You know. Yeah. Now, like I, I see this headline where he's talking about like pain meds and, and the NHL. Like, I guess that's along the same lines, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, I think he's had his own experience with substance abuse. I think he was diagnosed. He's pretty open about being diagnosed with um, bipolar. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if these kinds of things are part of like what helps him, you know, live life. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I have to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if there was, an overprescription of pain medication in any professional sport. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I'm okay with, um, with that statement or if that's the truth, I'm just saying like, I think that I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I don't think anything surprises me at this point when it comes to like 
how professional athletes get treated um, in regard to making sure they get on the their their field of play. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. So there was that kind of thing that went on. Um, the Flyers uh, had to get down to their their roster, which is pretty close. It looks close to set. And then we've had the Ben Simmons fiasco that I've been talking about for three weeks, which I'm hoping doesn't last as long as the Carson Wentz fiasco. Yeah, that's a that's a crazy situation. Um, he put up his like apartment, his luxury apartment, up for sale recently. Um, basically, his camp put out a statement that. I mean, it's totally ridic- ridiculous that they put out this statement basically like, oh, most first-round picks go to bad teams, and th- that didn't really happen for Ben. So I think that partly was why he didn't develop as quickly as he did. I mean, that's total BS, and I think it's really weak. You know, I don't get the upside of saying that. Like, I don't get the upside of saying it would be better for my career if I played on a worse team. Um, I don't, I just don't get, like, I don't get the upside of, of coming to that conclusion. One, I don't know how you come to that conclusion. Because I don't think that the different iterations of this team have held him back. Well, that, that statement also pointed to the fact like, oh, he's like, he played with Embiid right away. It's like, okay, well, Embiid played with Ben right away, and that didn't stop him from being like the best center in the league, right? Like, and working on his game and if, um, if anything, becoming the player he is today. If right? anything, it made Embiid change his approach. I just, I don't understand what he's trying to get at. Like, personally, when I look at all of this stuff, I don't get, I don't understand what he's trying to get at. He wants the lane to be cleared for him to drive more. Well, like, Embiid spends most of his time in, you know, like, at the three-point line. Yeah, he has to come up. He's not clogging the lane for Ben. Right. And so, like, I don't understand, like, what other big man that you're going to get that's going to not be in the lane. Right. I mean, I mean, I don't, this is a weird comparison, but like never stop Kobe from working on his game when he had Jack, right? Like big men make guards better. They do. They give them more space. (laughs) <laughs> and you've got, if not the best, I mean, I think he's the best. I think you agree with me. If not the best, the second best center in basketball. Yeah. I mean, people might argue uh, Jokic, but I, I believe differently. As do I. <laughs> As do I. Um, but it's like... I think we've done it and I'll, and I'll, we can end this discussion on this so we can get the fantasy talk. But, um, I feel like if you were like, you know how, like you do like a build a player, you know, if you play NBA 2k or if you played any Mm -hmm. other basketball game or football game, like you get a certain amount of points to spend to make your player. And like, you can look at like where like the attributes go. And I feel like when you, if you were to do that, and say, like, five is the best. Well, like, Jokic might have a five on offense where Embiid's, like, a four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But when you get down to defense, Embiid would be a five and Jokic would be, like, a two. Right. You know, like, um, it's this is just a way more complete basketball player. And the spots where he's less than, are not the gap is not as big as where he's greater than. Yeah, I mean, his whole game is great, right? He's complete. He's a complete player. Um, He's elite, you know, at every part of playing basketball. He might not be as good a passer as Jokic, but he's every bit the same level of shooter 
and his defense is just another caliber. Correct. So that's that's our I love Joel Embiid talk for today. <laughs> um, and I, you know, like I feel like the league is kind of like they have to draw a line somewhere with what they're going to allow players to do, and I think they're drawing the line with Ben. Yeah, it was the league made clear to him that another team can't write him a contract paying for his fines. Um, and I think that being one year into a max deal, a five year max deal, I think the league's got to put their foot down at some point. You know, I'm all for players not having to play where they don't want to play, but I'm also like, this is the NBA. This isn't football where the contracts are one way. Your contract's yeah. guaranteed. You know, like mm-hmm. you at some point have to honor your part because the, the team honors theirs. Right. I mean, a lot of people are saying like he could just come in and say, oh, I'm hurt. You know, like. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened. He probably will. Like, right. that's probably what he's going to do to limit his fines. But at the same time, um, to that level, I don't know. So, like, here's the here's the next part is, like, I like teams will trade for anybody that's valuable. So I'm not going to sit here and say it, like, continues to hurt his value. But I'm saying, like, if I'm a team, is this – is a player that's going to do this in year one, what stops him from doing it next year after I've given up all my assets? Mm-hmm. You know, and and I just feel like at some point something's got to give here. And I don't believe that, like, while they'll say it publicly, like Maury and Doc, that they want him back and they want to figure this out. I don't think that they actually do. I think they know that this is not reparable. But at the same time, it's like you can't just get nothing for this guy because he is an all-star. He is, you know. So you have to get some 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 value back, and I think his comment of "I don't need to help my value to this team" is like, well, that's also bullshit because you're the one that heard it. Yeah, I mean, he's completely. I mean, with this statement that he just made, it just makes him sound weak. You know, like. So that even further hurts his like value, you know? So he's a grown man, so don't let my next statement make me feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm letting him off the hook. But he's not getting good advice from his agent. No. And that's I think his, like, ag- I think his agent is like engaged to Adele. So <laughs> I, I, I think maybe he's like not paying attention to his players. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. Like <laughs> apparently his agent, like there, that agency is getting sued by Nerland's Noel. Really? Yeah. Because apparently there was a deal for the Sixers to trade for him back the year that they lost to Toronto. Mm-hmm. And basically the agent never got back in touch with the Sixers. And it was like, Basically, no. What Nerland's argument is: if I would have been on like a team making a championship run, it would have increased my value. Mm. And you caught basically like your inactivity, you're you're not following these things up, cost me long term money. Wow, I mean that that's a pretty heavy um, allegation, you know. The, uh, I'm surprised you hadn't seen it when it came out. Um, I'll have to send you the article when we're offline. Um, but I think Noel has a good point. Um, because he probably was caught, caught, um, lost money. So Nerland's Noel sues NBA agent Rich Paul alleging, so this was in August, alleging indifference cost him millions of dollars. So um, that's out there. If you want to Google it, that is, I am not making up that lawsuit. I'll send it to you, Ed, uh, when we get offline. But um, that's our like um, local sports and other um, information. Um, um, so you're in two leagues, Ed. How are we standing so far at week four? So in our league, I'm three and one. 
um, and the other league, I'm one in three. And the other league, I think I've mentioned this a couple times, like, you also get points for, like, if you are in the top half of scoring. So, like, I think it rewards, like, teams that um, basically, like, for instance, like, if I win a if, – if I lose a game where, like, I'm in the top half of scoring, like – I would also get points for that, you know, like, so I'm, I think like out of 12 teams, I'm maybe 10th. So, but I will say this, I mean, you tell me your, your stats, but I I have something to say about like why I, I think I'm picking back up on scoring. Um, well, obviously you picked Barkley. Right. Um, so that that pick starting. So that's that was going to be my what I was going to say. So and this is where I, I I caution people. So one of the things when we were talking about offline was I caution people from taking victory laps when we're four weeks in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the fantasy season, especially this year. It's a week longer. You don't want to be zero and four. You know, that's not what my point is. But, like, who is the top five right now is not necessarily going to be the top five in another two weeks or three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, so people start taking victory laps or start making comments. Like, maybe Saquon Barkley isn't that good. And I think it's silly. To well, do you such see, things. he's he, he... I mean, we kind of said this in our like pre-draft like rankings like we thought he was going to start off kind of slow right I mean I feel like the Giants even said like we're going to start this guy off slow like so and the last two weeks like you see like what he's doing you know I mean he broke off a long catch yeah, right. on Sunday, you know, like that, that speed wasn't there week one. So I guess like my feeling was, is like when you took him and we talked about this right before you went away, when you took him, you kind of took him knowing that one, it was a little risky and two is it might take four weeks or five weeks before he looks like Saquon. And yeah. I felt like for some backs, you could do that quote unquote hero running back strategy. I think that like, and I still feel this way. That your McCaffrey's even though he's hurt right now, your um, Derrick Henry, your Dalvin Cook, your Kamara, you could kind of do that with your even your Aaron Jones, even though he went after Barkley um, and and Ezekiel Elliott. But like when you took like a Barkley or you took like a you know maybe one of those early second round guys, like well you might need to really just be a little bit more running runner running back heavy because they're a little bit more risky, right. You know, like, um, so that was my feeling when it came to Barkley. You know, I was prepared to take Barkley four. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I did, it would have changed the entire way I drafted going forward. Um, that being said, my opinion remains the same. I think when healthy, Saquon Barkley is the best athlete we have at the position. 100%. Yeah. And... In that, he catches very well, he runs a good route, and he's a threat to take it anytime he touches the ball. Um, so even if there's risk, only so many players carry that level of upside, you know? Um, so I think so, sometimes yeah, I'm, it's worth I'm looking it. at his stats right now. Like, the past two weeks, so versus Atlanta. Now, like, his yards are not great but we play in half point and this is for even full point so versus Atlanta in week 3 he carries the ball 16 times 51 yards a touchdown but he has 6 receptions for 43 yards so it means close to 100 yards all purpose and then you get those receiving points yeah right with a touchdown, you get the receiving points, whether that's three points in half or six points in full. Right. You know, that, that those, then, those points yeah, are then, just valuable. 
Right. And then versus New Orleans, he carries the ball 13 times. That's not a lot. 52 yards. A touchdown. Five carries. Or I'm sorry, five receptions. 74 yards and a touchdown there. So that, that's a huge day. It's a huge day. Right. And, but like, I guess, like, here's the thing when it comes to Barkley, right? Well, one is we sh- we expected he would start out slow. Two is we knew his offensive line wasn't going to be great. Right? Like, mm-hmm. but again, he's a good receiver. This isn't, you know, uh, uh, if you put Derrick Henry behind a really bad offense or Nick Chubb behind an offensive line, you know, who don't really get a lot of catches. This is a guy who runs a good route. He could line up at wide receiver. He can. <laughs> So the reality is, is like when you have a guy who's that good of a receiver, there's only, again, there's only but so many of them. Um, there's only so many decent backs anyway, but there's only so many guy, backs who are good, who are also good receivers, who represent three down level work, who are touchdown threats whenever they touch the ball. Like I don't, so when people go like, oh, well maybe he isn't just isn't that good. And then you don't look at it in the context of the knee injury. I just find it to be like, is this the is this the take you want to make? <laughs> you know, um, I just I just find it to be silly. You know, it's the same thing. Like Alvin Kamara is not off to a hot start. Do we go? Oh, maybe Alvin Kamara is not as good as we thought he was, or it just isn't that no, good? We don't. No. Yeah. So, um. And I just think that, like, running back one upside, you need to have the catching ability. You do. Like, there's no ifs, ends, or buts. You need it. And I, and I quote this, and it's not a knock against Henry because I still think he's very valuable. But he had 2,000 rushing yards last year and didn't finish as the running back one. That's right. how valuable catching is. Oh, I mean, it's everything. You know, like... But speaking of Henry... um, and we kind of talked about this offline a bit. I mean, he's off to a tremendous start. Um, I'm looking at his carries. <laughs> and if he can keep this pace up, it will be ridiculous. But since week two, he's had, all right, week two, we had 35 carries. Week three, 28. Week four, 33. Now he plays Jacksonville this week. Like he could be up in those thirties. Like, especially if AJ Brown and Julio don't play again. Right. So, I mean, yeah, they can really be relying on the running game here, and I could see a twenty-plus point week again for him, but with a lot of carries too. Yeah, I mean, look, here's here's the thing when it comes to Henry. Like, bet against him, I guess, at your own peril. Right? Like, right. my concern when it came to Derrick Henry was new offensive coordinator. It had less to do with Derrick Henry, the player. I think I was pretty clear with, like, I just did not expect 297 carries or 300-plus carries again. You know, that's the work was right. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just sometimes... Things happen, and in this case, with A.J. Brown and Julio going down, I don't think they have much of a choice. And Tannehill um, hasn't looked great either. No, no, he hasn't. Uh, again, on the running back side, uh, McCaffrey practiced today? I think he's expected so, to play. So, game game time decision possibly with him. Um, but the coach said he looked good, but I feel like that's coach speak, right? I mean, selfishly, because I do have McCaffrey in a league. Me too. <laughs> you know, like I want him to play because he's so great, but I also don't want him to play and then re-aggravate this. You know, like, I just don't know the severity of this injury. I know that it was enough to knock him out for a week and to make him leave that game, and they knew right away he's not coming back. You know, hamstrings can linger. Um, Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure when he gets back on the field, it's not 
already in, you know, it's, it's not already compromised. Right. That being said, none of his back backups looked very good, but Darnold did. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the next Michael Vick, right? <laughs> <laughs> Leads quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns. He does. I mean, just as we predicted. We did predict that. Nah, we didn't, but. <laughs> but like uh, so my statement to you on Sunday was and again to to let the the listener go into like I talked about it but like in our league and in, in our home league I based Trey Lance was the first quarterback I took and I basically expected him maybe to get the job in week 3 um and then I was like, now it looks like Trey Lance is going to get his chance to start, and I'm deciding if I'd rather start Darnold. You know, like, what does that say about how good Darnold has looked? Yeah, I mean, that team is, they're playing really well. And I, I think I said this to you, like, doesn't this prove, like, Adam Gase is a, a terrible, terrible coach? He shouldn't even be able to, like, look at a clipboard. No. Like, he shouldn't be able to coach high school football. No, he shouldn't be able to coach adult flag football. <laughs> you know, and, and, and in all right. honesty, you know, like, you can't look at Tannehill's success in Tennessee, now Darnold's success in... Um, in Carolina and just the overall condition of the jets right now. And Miami is still like in the process and look Mm -hmm. at it and go like this guy, like went in, blew up a lot of these players careers, you know, football is a a rough game. You only have a very short career. And if you have a bad coach like that, like your, your only experience might be playing under that bad coach who, who torpedoed your whole livelihood, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, Denzel Mims, you know, and I'm not yeah. saying Adam Gase is responsible for Denzel Mims, the adult, like now, but at the same time as a rookie, those first camps you have are very important. And if you're under a guy who just, I don't know that press conference and his crazy eyes, you know, I don't, I'm not going <laughs> to accuse him of anything, but All right. you're playing for a guy like that. And I wonder how much like his career might never get on track. Right. And how much that's. Adam Gase's fault, how much of it's Denzel Mims's fault, you know, but like D- Gase has a hand in it for sure. For sure he does. Yeah. And you look at other players where that kind of happens and you just go like, oh man, like that kind of a hire. They're like they, it's not like, how could you look at what happened in Miami? Like, and, and like shame on the jets, to be honest, how can mm. you look at what happened in Miami and go, we want that guy. I don't get it. I really don't. I've got no answer. Like, I, I wish I could. But at the same time, you know, what's it worth? So, like, hopefully the guy doesn't get a chance to even watch. Like, he, like football shows should be blocked from his television. Like, he should just not be able to partake in the sport on any level. No. Um, but that being said, like, yeah, the, the, the Panthers' success and Darnold's success kind of does prove that. But, like, their defense is rocking. Um, McCaffrey's a great weapon. DJ Moore looks everything like I tried to build him up to be last year. Um, yeah, I was wrong about him, right? Well, I mean, for now. Again, we're only in week four. But, yeah. Um, uh, well, I, I, listen, on those same lines a bit, and you're saying like only week four, but Tyler Lockett has become Tyler Tyler Lockett again, right? Like to be he's expected. giving you these huge games yeah. to like giving you almost nothing. Yep, to be expected. Like we we know right. that about him. Um, it's why we didn't ex- you know we wouldn't advise somebody to go out and pay for Lockett at his highest price. Um. It's just not it's just not who he is. Right. He's not like Tyreek Hill is special for a reason. And I'm not saying that Lockett isn't a special player, but it's hard to do that, you know, kind of more weeks than you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's why the Devontae Adams, the Tyreek Hills 
are special? Well, the thing about Hill is like he's also a red zone threat too. Like he's not just like this guy that can just run down the field and you throw like no Hill is like a punt returner, right? Um, he can take it, you know, like he can take it from fifty yards out, but also he doesn't. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't disappear inside the five, right? Like they he he's still used there. So one player that I've been really impressed with is, uh, and we've talked about him is uh, Terry Terry McLaurin. Like I feel like he's. He's making a, a name comparison, like almost like an Allen Robinson of last year or year before. Like it doesn't matter what quarterback this guy plays with. He, he bows him out. He's, he, he's going to put up numbers. Yeah. He bows that quarterback out yeah. um, a lot. Um, yeah. And talk about a guy who's disappeared in Allen Robinson. Um, I wonder if they don't trade him. He's on a franchise tag. Mm-hmm. Um, they know they're. I mean, if Fields is the starter, not only are they not really a contender this year, but like uh, rookie quarter, like Allen Robinson's not a big separation guy. You know, no. That's no. probably why why Mooney got so many targets last week, um, because for a rookie quarterback who doesn't want to turn it over, Mooney gets separation. Um, right. So it just might be in everybody's best interest to move Robinson maybe to a team who is contending because you're, you're going to lose him after this year anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, pick a, a team out of a hat that's kind of on the cusp and I'm sure they could use an Allen Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, like his last couple weeks I'm looking at, I, I don't know what his targets are, but... He's not startable. You can't start him. No, um, yeah, that that's kind of a shame too. No, I sat him for Corey Davis mm-hmm. last week. Like that's, I mean, one that tells you about Corey Davis, but also <laughs> it tells you about Allen Robinson. Yeah, you know, um, it's a player I like. I think that he's a great talent, but it's going to be tough sledding with a rookie. And I think that Fields still, even as a rookie, is better than Blake Bortles was. That being said, I just don't know if it's in the cards for Robinson to rescue this season. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But it doesn't look good. Um, Kind of on all of these notes, uh, you know, we're four weeks in. Like, so you're you're three and one and one and three, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting at one and three, three and one and three and one. (laughs) Um, So we're kind of in similar situations. Right. Um, just, you know, I'm one in three in our league together. I'm three and one in the two other leagues that I'm in. Um, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But look, the reality is, is like you're in two leagues. I'm in three. We say this every year, but I don't know how sustainable it is to be good without being good at the running back position. Um that being said, I don't know that you have to draft a quarterback early or a running back early. So, yeah. So I will say this, like the last week I had a dud. Um, uh, my, you know, I have McCaffrey. So, you know, there's a dud there. You know, he, he's on the bench. But players that I were expecting to play well, they just didn't have good days. Like, for instance, like, and a lot of this could be like game script or situation. Like, for for instance, like uh, CB Lamb. Like, I feel like the last two weeks, like they were relying like heavy on the run game, right? So they weren't necessarily passing a whole lot. And then you go to Tom Brady, who makes his return to Foxborough, and it's raining there, right? Like, the ball's not coming out of his hands clean. I mean, not that these are excuses, but, like, it's kind of what happens week to week. 
to your point. Yeah, you, you know? can't. The players can't. I don't care how good they are. They can't be great every week. Yeah. You know, like it's a long season. They can't be. And hopefully you're good enough to make up for that loss, those last points. But the other part is, is like you as a fantasy manager are not going to go undefeated either. Um, and if you have a bad quarterback performance, it's almost impossible to win. Almost, yeah. Almost impossible to win. But that being said, the same way, like we we don't value quarterback the same because it's there's so many it's it's very hard for a quarterback in today's NFL to have a bad week. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, you know, like there's just so many good weeks where, like with running backs, there might be four total that have good weeks. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, you're just if there's going to be ups and downs. Nobody comes out of a fantasy season undefeated. I don't care, you know, how great of, you know, unless you're in a league of one. <laughs> you know, like Yeah. Um you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have good weeks, bad weeks, weird weeks. You know, like I won this week. It's my first win in our league because I started Patterson. You know, like not a that you're in trouble when you have to start a Patterson. Yeah, but you decide to start him over Mike Davis, right? Like, yeah, because I think that I think that what we're like, obviously, I don't expect thirty-four. Like, I don't expect that performance out of Patterson every week. Mm-hmm. That being said, when I looked at it, I go, one guy's dynamic and one guy's not. Correct. Yeah, you know, like that's the long and short of it. I think I'm a little heavy on Atlanta players. <laughs> between having Ridley, Mike Davis, and Patterson. And right now, Patterson looks like the best of the bunch. Again, just like we all predicted. Um, But, you know, fantasy's weird. And sometimes you, you do have to, like, it's not like Patterson was like one of those 20% fab guys. You know, and sometimes guys like this show up and then they end up winning you some weeks. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's been um, Mike Williams. He had a last week. Rough week last week, yeah. Rough week last week. Um, but up until that week, he, he's been performing really well, you know, and I got him for free. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes, and that's... Um... That's just kind of how it works sometimes. But I, I guess my point is, is like keep your eye on trends. And even if it's a guy who's going to be a flash, you know, we don't know what Patterson's going to, going to be in two weeks or three weeks from now. But ride, you know, ride that hot performance. You know, ride where the flames are, see where it goes. I don't yeah. think Mike Davis is good enough to keep Patterson off the field. No, I mean historically, you're. No, if I mean if you look at Davis over his his career, the, the, he bowed out McCaffrey last year, and that's why probably you know he goes to Atlanta and he's like the only running back in town, right? Like, but historically, he has not proven that he can get the job done. Right. So. And yeah. then you look at a guy, right? And we just spent like the early part of the show talking about receiving being important um, and more important, more important than rushing attempts. And then you look at this guy and you go like, all right, well, obviously he's not going to hold up getting 20 carries a game. But if he takes 10 catches, you know, lining up at what he's a wide receiver by trade, you know, like, um, if he takes 10 catches, well, that's or, – or five or six catches even, even if it's half that. That's very valuable when you then add in also the rushing work. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if it's going to hold for very long, but we've seen flashes of Patterson being a very good fantasy commodity. Sure, that was like seven years ago um, <laughs> back in Minnesota. But the reality is, is we know he's a dynamic player. We know a lot of teams have t- taken a shot at him, and it hasn't quite worked. Um, that being said, you know, maybe he is good enough to be fantasy viable. You know, I, I, 
I could look around and try to move him for another player, but I don't know that like getting another player with an equally high ceiling is going to be possible. So then what are you trading for? Um, when he's really a bench player, you know, for whoever has him. Yeah. Um, what are you going to get back? Are you going to get someone back with that level of ceiling? Maybe you will. Um, maybe someone else is going to say the things that I'm saying, but I don't know that like, it's not easy to find dynamic players. Um, no, it's definitely not. So when you look at it and you go like, I've got a not strong starter in front of him um, on a team that's likely to be playing from behind a lot. What do I do with this? You know, I guess my question to you is when you look at Patterson, would you rather have Patterson or Elijah Mitchell? Um, man, that's a tough question. Uh, I probably would go Patterson, I think. So, um, if that's the case, right? So we know that, uh, it looks like Latavius Murray is going to be the starter in Baltimore. It looks like they really mm-hmm. want to give him the ball. So now like T- Tyson Williams, we can't make the comparison. When you compare him to other waiver wire ads, right now you're very happy with him. Again, we don't know how long it's going to last, but if that's the case, then he's still a valuable piece. Right. Right, and he probably will hold some level of value, even if it isn't startable most weeks. Going forward, and obviously if anything happens to Mike Davis, he goes through the moon. I, I, you know, like... Where else would you put him then? Wasn't Patterson a wide receiver at some point? Yeah, in Minnesota, he was a wide receiver. In New England, he kind of played both. In Chicago, he kind of played both. But he started his career as a punt returner wide receiver. Gotcha. So, you know, you don't... You need to find some of these guys to get you through bye weeks and injuries. There will be another Patterson, you know, that will flash and then maybe disappear. But you need them to get you through injuries and bye weeks or disappointments in your other players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think maybe like a week ago, like that, that player for me was Mike Williams. Like, he got me through the the Christian McCaffrey injury, you know. Yeah, and, and I, I know it's not like it's not running back for running back. It I doesn't guess. matter though. Like yeah. any player that you get for free that you start that plays well yeah. helps get you through a different, you know, a different problem. Yeah. Um, and I think this week it might be worth looking at an um, Alex Collins. Um. Chris Car he might still be on your waivers because people might not have caught that Chris Carson news. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be the starter if that's the case, and he's shown to be competent. He actually had a decent game, I believe. Um, last week after Carson left the game, yeah, and he's had he had success in Baltimore. Um. He had success in Baltimore when he was there. Uh, he's not a bad player. He's just not a great player. But that doesn't mean he can't give you some fantasy success. Um, yeah, I mean, somebody has to carry the ball, right? <laughs> well, he had 13 in standard leagues. He had 13.8 points last week. Right. In full PPR, he had 15.8. And then half PPR, he... um. Obviously had less, but uh, he had 14.8. So 10 rushes, 44 yards, two catches for 34 yards. So if he's out there and it looks like the like Carson isn't going to play, this isn't a bad player to grab while Carson is out. Right. And Carson might not be great when he first comes back. You know, he might be more valuable than you realize. So, um, otherwise, uh, 
I think that's all I've got fantasy wise. Did you have any other topics? I think that's all I have too. Okay. Um, yeah. So big personal news on my end. I was able to find a house. I think I was pretty clear that we had been looking and it had gotten in our way of recording a couple times. Um, that being said, I'm going to be on a tight schedule tomorrow. So we'll see if we're able to get a show ready for Friday. Um, I've got a work commitment later in the day. I've got our my flyer show that we're bumping to later. So we'll just see what time all that stuff ends. But right. um yeah, a lot of a lot of personal stuff happening these yeah, last you couple got, weeks. You got All married. You stuff, went on. Yeah. A, you went on a <laughs> vacation. I bought a you're house. You're buying a house. You're gonna be moving. A like, lot of action. A lot of action. Yeah, and I have a very short yeah. time between purchase and settlement, so I'm gonna be very busy over the next month. Um, that being said, we'll be if we're back, we'll be back tomorrow. If not, I'll be back Saturday. Um, talking betting lines and getting your bets in. Nice. Um, Very nice. The dozer has decided he wants to go by his new flamboyant name, the Parlay Prince William Anthony. Um, (laughs) So I'll be definitely be back Saturday with the Parlay Prince. Um. Otherwise, guys, I hope you're you're enjoying your fantasy season. I think that like when I we're only four weeks in, but so far I think when I look back on rankings, I'm not going to be upset with where I had people. Um, but we'll probably look at that not next week, but maybe week six. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll do like a is week six, week six would be considered what like a it's about the halfway. Quarter? Well, like it's like the thirty-eight percent or something like Got that. Got it. <laughs> um, depending on where your league runs to, we added an extra week in our league because of how late bye weeks go. You don't really want um, a player's bye week being the first week of your fantasy playoffs. So, mm-hmm. um, depending on how long your your season goes, we added that week. Um, but you may not have so. Um, yeah, we'll take like a we'll take a peek at those ranks and where we're sitting and where we were high. I was high and where I was low and where you know um, where I need to do a little bit better. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that would be a Thank fun exercise, but still not early enough to do a late uh, an early victory lap or or an early eating crow. Right. So, um, at worst, I'll be back Saturday to talk betting. At best, we'll be back tomorrow to talk you know, getting ready for next week's fantasy. Sounds good. All right. Until then guys. Good night.